Hello, this is Minister Glenn Burrell from Seed of Faith Clinic Podcast, where the Word of God is able to save your soul. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a word of edification from the Word of God. Well, tonight uh, I want to talk on a subject that I believe that God has been dealing with me and in my heart, in my spirit, concerning uh, his word. And what I want to talk about tonight is how do we as believers develop a mindset that is pleasing to God? How do we as believers develop a mindset that is pleasing to God? Amen. Well, first, first I want us to understand that the enemy has only one way that he can come in and bring defeat into an individual's life because we have to understand that he's been stripped of his power so he doesn't have any power to do anything without being an influence and that's all he can do is influence because he doesn't have any power And the only way that he can function is that he has to be in an individual in order to function in this earth. Well, how do he function and operate in an individual? His number one motive is to capture our way of thinking. Because he knows if he can capture our way of thinking, he knows that he can control us. Because out of the abundance of a man's heart, out of the abundance of the man of a man's heart, that's where the issues of life is, in the man's heart. And he knows if he can get a hold of your mind, he can control your, your emotions, he can control your actions. And he also can control our speech if we allow him to. So therefore, he said he's, he's going to and fro seeking who he may devour. And see, that's why he have to go to and fro so he can seek who, who, who will allow him to come in. He's seeking the one who will, who will open the door to him to come in. Well, how, how, how is the door open for the enemy to come in and operate in our lives? The only way that he can come in is through thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. I'm going to say that again. I say the only way that he can function in an individual's life is by influencing them with thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. That's his motive. And he know that if, if he can get us to take hold of his, his thoughts, 
if he can get us to take hold of his ideals, if he can get us to take hold of his suggestions, then he know that he can lead us and guide us any way he want us to go. Amen. So that, that's where we're defeated at. You know, a lot of times we're looking at, we're looking at an individual's actions on the outside. And then we begin to say, why, why is he acting that way? Or why is she acting that way? Why is he doing this? Why is he, she doing that? Well, we have to understand that people act according to the way they think. And whatever mindset that has been developed in their soul and in their heart, they can't help but to act that way. And so there's a battle. There's a battle that's going on constantly, 24 hours a day. There's a battle in our mind that's going on. And that battle doesn't have any respect of person. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say that battle doesn't have any respect of person. So anybody that would have opened the door and allowed the devil to come in and cast his thoughts and cast his ideas and cast his suggestions, then he will control your actions. He'll control the way you talk. So, so what I'm trying to say is, is that we're in a battle, not in the flesh and blood. Because what we see on the outside is just a result of what's going on on the inside. Because if we, if we can correct what's going on on the inside, then the outside is going to automatically fall in place. So, so, so it's our mindset. It's our mindset. And see, and what he want to do, he wants to cause you to come. He wants, to, he wants you in, to put you in captivity. Now, now I'm going to say this. A believer can be saved and on their way to heaven. And in this earth, still live like a sinner. Why is that? It's because of their mindset. It's because of the way we think. And if we don't change the way we think and renew our mind with the word of God, then we'll live a defeated life. Now, what, what am I saying? You can be saved in one area and go to heaven. You can, you can have knowledge about healing. But if you hadn't developed a mindset of God wanting you to prosper financially, then you can be saved and live a, a life of lack. Amen. So, 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 so we, we have to stop looking at the actions of people on the outside 
and start trying to help people get their mind renewed so that they can change the way they act. Are y'all still here? Amen. So, 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 at Romans, the 10th chapter, and starting at the first verse. And I'll be reading out the Amplified Bible. It's Romans, the 10th chapter, verses 1 through 3. Then you get to say amen. Amen. So, so I'm, read, I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible. It said, brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for Israel is for their salvation. For I testify about them that they have a certain enthusiasm for God but not in accordance, but not in accordance, but not in accordance with correct and vital knowledge. Knowledge. Knowledge is so important. If we don't have the knowledge of God's word embedded on the inside of us, we'll live a defeated life. Amen. I, I'm going to make a statement. Ignorance is equivalent to defeat. I'm going to say that again. See, ignorance is not, ignorance is just saying that you lack knowledge. That's what ignorance is. You lack, you, you have a lack of knowledge. But if you're, if you're resting in ignorance and don't have knowledge of God's word, then that's equivalent to living a defeated life. Because victory and ignorance can't stay in the same room. I say ignorance and, and victory, they can't live together. Because if we want to live a victorious life, then we have to equip ourselves with the knowledge of God's word. Amen. But at Hosea, Hosea uh, 4 and 6, he said, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Why, why is that? Why is that? It's because thou has rejected knowledge. See, you see, we, we, we try to blame the devil for everything that we've done wrong in our life. The devil made me do it. Now, the devil didn't make you do it. You submitted yourself to the devil. And he took advantage because of a lack of knowledge. Amen. Because of a lack of knowledge. So, so, so we have to equip ourselves with the knowledge of God's word. 
Let's let's go to Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Ephesians, the sixth chapter. And I say around the tenth verse. Not Ephesians, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Ephesians. I believe it's Ephesians, the sixth chapter that I want. Let's see. Amen. Yeah, Ephesians, the sixth chapter, around the tenth verse. And I'm going to be reading out of King James. It said, finally, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 11, put on the whole. I, I want to emphasize that word whole. I want to put, a, I, I want to emphasize that word whole. Because if you don't have the whole armor of God on, and if you are lacking any one of them, you're going to be defeated. He said, put on the whole, the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand. See, you see, that's saying to me, if I don't have on the whole armor of God, I won't be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. What's the wiles of the devil? The wiles of the devil is his thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. He tries to plant thoughts in our mind. And see, once you take that seed of thought that he's trying to put in your mind, and you begin to meditate on that thought, you begin to speak that thought, that thought become alive, on the inside of you, and before you know it, you'll be acting that thought out. So that's why we have to put on the whole armor of God. See, our fight is not out here in flesh and blood. Our fight is on the inside. Our fight is in the battle of our mind. And that battle is going on 24 hours a day, all the time. You, you, you battling in your mind. You're trying to push back those negative thoughts and cause those positive thoughts to take, to take place. But in some instances, we push back the positive and we receive the negative. And we know that the negative is not coming from God. Because God doesn't deal in the negative. God deals in the positive realm. He deals in the positive realm. So anything, any negative thought that's trying to come inside of you, in your mind, know that that's not God. That's not God. He said, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, his thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. See, see, people... People that commit adultery, they don't just go out and commit adultery. Those people be done plan, they be done thought this thing out. And once they plan it, they think about it, they, they plan it, and then they make their move. 
But then once they get in it and get caught, then they want to blame the other person to why this is why I did that. No, you did it because you received those thoughts, ideas, and suggestions from the enemy. No, no matter how, how can I say this? No matter how unfaithful a spouse can be, that still doesn't make the other spouse go out and do wrong. Adultery, I'm just using that for an example, but adultery is a selfish motive. Somebody that commit adultery, they're only trying to please themselves because they don't care anything about the other person because if they did, they wouldn't do it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So put on the whole armor of God. So you, we need to evaluate ourselves and ask ourselves, what part of the armor am I missing? So he said, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. See, the wrestle, the fight is not on the outside. The fight is in our mind. And that's why Paul emphasized that we need to renew our mind. We need to renew our mind with the word of God because our, our, our nature in the beginning has saturated our mind with the things of the devil. That was before we got saved. So it's a natural thing for an unsaved person to commit sin. But it's not a natural thing for a believer to go out and commit sin. Amen. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So verse 13 says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand the evil day. What's the evil day? The evil day is when that devil tried to bring those thoughts to you. The evil day is when he tried to plant his ideas in your mind. The evil day is when he tried to plant his suggestions in our minds. So we have to be equipped with the whole arm of God so we can be able to withstand those thoughts in the evil day. And having done all to stand. And then he, verse 14, stand therefore, having your lungs girded about with truth. Having your lawns girded about with truth. Well, and then he said, having on the breastplate of righteousness. So, so what, what is Paul trying to emphasize here? Paul is trying to emphasize not that he's telling us to go out in the natural and put on all of this armor in the natural realm. But what Paul is trying to emphasize is that we need to equip ourselves 
with the knowledge, with the knowledge, with the knowledge of God's word. And that's, that's what he's emphasizing in these scriptures. Is equip yourself with the knowledge of the truth. Equip yourself with the knowledge of having the breastplate of righteousness. How, how many believers are, are unknowledgeable concerning their righteousness? That's, that's why you hear people say, I'm just an old filthy rag saved by grace. Because they don't have the knowledge of the fact that they are they already been made righteous. Amen. So he's saying, gird up your lawns about with the truth so that you can have the knowledge of what God has given us. Amen. The knowledge of the fact. That you, you are righteous. See, that's your breastplate. The knowledge of righteousness. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen. See, you, you, you got to know. You got to have the knowledge. That the gospel will bring you peace. Verse 16. And above all, taking the shield of faith. He said above, above all, above all, taking the shield of faith. Faith is the most important entity of a believer's life. If you don't have knowledge of, of how faith works, if you don't have knowledge of the fact that God has given us a measure of faith, See, 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 believers, if you're a believer, you already have faith, a measure of faith. Because if you didn't have a measure of faith, you wouldn't be saved. Because it takes faith to be saved. Amen. But see, what, 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 what we fail at when we're trying to walk by faith is the fact that we don't believe our own words. We don't believe what we say. We, we, we can believe what God said because we read what he said. But do you believe when you're trying to walk by faith, do you believe what you say? The Mark eleven twenty four say, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, so who is the whosoever? Whosoever means me. So he, he's not saying he's going to speak to the mountain. He's telling us to speak to the mountain. So, so, so we got to have confidence in our words when we speak to the mountain. But see, a lot of times what we do, we want to run to God. We want to run to Jesus. We want to run to the Holy Spirit, trying to get them to speak for us. Lord Jesus, do this for me. And God is saying, I've already done it. I'm waiting on you to do your part. See, when, when God has done his part, 
and then we step in and do our part, that makes a whole and that causes us to live in the victory of God's word because when the two come together and your confidence is in the word of God and your confidence is in yourself speaking the word of God, then those two come together. You can't help be but victorious because the enemy can't stand that. But he know, he know, yeah, yeah, you, 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 can, you can quote the word. You can believe the word. But if you don't believe what you say, then that makes your faith non-effect. Because God said, whosoever shall say, whosoever shall say, whosoever shall say, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. You know, no, 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 no shade, but I, I'm going to say it anyway. You know, we, it was this popular song. You know, I'm climbing up the rough side of the mountain. But I want to say God never told us to climb the mountain. He told us to speak to the mountain. So instead of us speaking to the mountain, we're trying to climb the mountain. And then, and then that tells me you, 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 we, we get in our own works when we're trying to climb the mountain. When God said we can speak to the mountain and the mountain be gone. Amen. See, that's why we, had, we need to have knowledge of the shield of faith. He said, wherewith ye shall be able. See, if you don't have knowledge of how to function and operate in faith, then you won't be able to quench the fiery dust. Of the wicked one. Because those fiery dots that he's shooting at. at you, 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 you don't have confidence in your word. So therefore the shield. Is not, not working properly. Or you're saying the wrong thing. Or you start out believing. And then you start doubting. Because you don't see anything happening. So the shield of faith is being hindered. You leave it, we, we leave ourselves wide open to the enemy. And what he does when we leave ourselves wide open to the enemy because our shield is not in place, then we begin to take his thoughts. We begin to take his ideas. We begin to take his suggestions in. And then we begin to act accordingly. Amen. Praise God. See, 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 that's that's why we're not able to quench all the fiery dots of the wicked. It's because the shield of faith is not in place. In verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation. See what Paul's saying. Uh, Get knowledge of salvation. Get knowledge of what salvation is to you. Get knowledge of what salvation is doing for you. See, if we don't have knowledge of salvation, then we'll go around doubting whether we save or not. Amen. 
So that's why we need to have knowledge. That, that helmet that he's talking about, take that helmet and put knowledge in there. Take on the knowledge of salvation. Amen. In verse 17, take, and take the, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. That's our weapon, which is the word of God. So, so that, that's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, let's armor ourselves with knowledge. A lack of knowledge will destroy us. Amen. In, in 2 Corinthians, the second chapter, in the 11th verse, in the American Standard Version, he said that no advantage may be gained over us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And I said earlier, ignorance will go along with defeat. So if we equip ourselves with the knowledge of God's word, then we won't be ignorant to his devices. Because if we equip ourselves with the, with the, with the word of God, then God also going to point out what his devices are. Over in Job, the 34th chapter, in the 35th verse, in the NIV, this is why Job was defeated. This is why Job was defeated. Job speaks without knowledge, and his words lacked insight. Job spoke without knowledge of God's word. And his words lacked insight. Amen. Let's look at Psalms. Let me read Psalms 64, verses 5 through 6 in the Amplified Bible. It said, they encouraged themselves in their pursuit of an evil agenda. They talked of laying snares secretly. They say, who will discover us? See, see, you see that point? Who will discover us? People that receive the seeds of false ideas and suggestions of the devil and begin to act on them, they, they, they settle in their mind that nobody will catch me. See, if somebody go out and rob a bank, they have already planned that. And they've said in their mind, I can do this without getting caught. Which they don't realize they've been deceived. So, so it said they encourage themselves in their pursuit of an evil agenda. An evil agenda. They talk. See, they talk of laying snares. See, they're planning secretly. They're planning in their mind. They're planning with one another. And they say, who will discover us? They devise 
acts of injustice saying we are ready with a well-conceived plan for the inward thought that is the thought for the inward thought and the heart of a man are deep mysterious unsearchable Let's look at Philippians 4, 8 in the Amplified Bible. He said, finally, believers, whatever is true, now this is what a believer should be doing. This is how we should be thinking. This is the mindset that we should develop on the inside of us. He said, finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, and worthy of respect. Whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and bring peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, and that's that you can say of good report. If there's any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think, think, think. How are we thinking? How are we thinking? What are we thinking? Think con continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. See, how, how can we do that if we don't have knowledge of his word? If we, we have to have knowledge of his word. And, and that's why he said a lack of knowledge well, that causes us to perish. A lack of knowledge will cause an individual to go into captivity. Now, now what, what am I saying? If you're not knowledgeable and, and don't have on the whole armor of God, the whole armor of God, being knowledgeable of God's holy word throughout, then we can be defeated and be taken into captivity. A lack of knowledge will put an individual into captivity. So what am I saying? I, I'll go as far as to say you can be a believer and still be in captivity. So, so what am I saying? You can be a believer and because you don't have knowledge of who you are in Christ Jesus, you'll be led into captivity thinking that you ain't worth anything. If you don't have knowledge of the fact that God wants us to prosper, then you could be led in the captivity of lack. Amen. So let's, let's examine ourselves and see where we're being led into captivity at. Are we being led into captivity? 
lacking the knowledge of knowing that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Or are you being led into captivity with a lack of knowledge? Knowing, not knowing, not knowing that God wants you to prosper above all things? Amen. But we have to be careful with our words. I say we have to be careful with our words because what you talk against, you'll never experience. You'll never experience. So if you talk against prosperity, then you'll never experience the true prosperity that God has designed for your life. Amen. So, so, so it, it behooves us to not be covetous of another person because they're prospering. Because that's going to put you back in captivity. Because you, you're covering somebody else's stuff. And your words are being stout against that individual. Your words are being stout. You, you see them riding, riding prosperly. I forget that scripture that God, God also wants us to ride prosperly. I say he wants us to ride prosperous. Amen. So if you putting your mouth on somebody that's riding prosperously, then I believe you'll never experience the level that they're at. Because you're being held in captivity by your thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. Y'all still here? Amen. Let's look at Romans, the 12th chapter, in the second verse. And I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Bible translation. In the second verse, it says, stop imitating the ideals. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. But be inwardly, be inwardly, be inwardly. How can we be inwardly transformed? Paul told us we be inwardly transformed by the renewing of our mind. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through the total reformation of how you think, Jesus. Did y'all hear that? Amen. He said, he said, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through the total reformation of how you think. This, this, what, what, how you think. This, this will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life satisfying and perfect in his eyes. We need to renew our mind with the knowledge of God's word. Amen.
So, so what, what are thoughts? Thoughts are governed by observation. Thoughts are governed by associations. And thoughts are governed by teaching. Thoughts are powered by your imagination. Or thoughts give power to your imaginations. A thought is something imagined or pictured in the mind. What is an idea? An idea is something imagined or pictured in the mind. What is a suggestion? A suggestion is a plan, a proposal, a proposition. A slight or indirect pointing to something as a solution or an explanation. Something which is presented for consideration. Are we considering the thoughts of the enemy? Or are we considering the thoughts that come from God's word? Because every word of God is the thoughts that came from his mind. When we read that Bible, we're reading the mind of God. And when we take on Jesus Christ, we also take on the mind of Christ. Why is that? Because he is the word. He is the word. So what do we put in our mind? Thoughts. Thoughts are developed with words. Words is what saturate our mind. And once our mind becomes saturated with words that, that has turned into thoughts, then when those thoughts are set, are set in our mind, then we begin to act on those thoughts. Because we act the way we think. We talk the way we think. Amen. 2 Corinthians, the 10th, 10th chapter, in the verses 3 through 6, in the King James Version. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What are those strongholds? Those thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. To the obedience of Christ. And having in readiness, having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when your, dis when your obedience is, is fulfilled. 
when your obedience is fulfilled? How do we fulfill our obedience? By, by taking captive by the thoughts of God, the word of God. If we're, if we're taken captive by the thoughts of the devil, then we will be living a disobedient life. Proverbs 4.20-24, through 24, King James Version. He said, my son, he's talking to the women too, he's talking to all of us. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my saying. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a fraud mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. We have to watch our words. We have to be, we have to be careful what we allow to come out of our mouth. So, so before we close, I'm, 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 I'm going to give seven things that mindsets, how, how mindsets are developed. Amen. Number one, mindsets are developed through culture, a way of life. I say mindsets are developed through culture, a way of life. Number two, I'm, I'm going to read that, that Romans the 12, 12, 2 out of the Passion Bible again. Because I said mindsets are developed through culture, ways of life. Romans 12, 2 said in the Passion Bible, stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you. I'm going to read that again. This is the word now. Because I said mindsets are developed through culture. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through the total reformation of how we think, how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. What, what, what culture are you submitting yourself to? Are you submitting yourself to the culture of this world? Or are you submitting yourself to the culture of his kingdom, of the kingdom of God? Amen. Number two, mindsets are developed as a result of experiences. I say mindsets are developed as a result of experiences. Number three, mindsets is dependent on your level of exposure. 
What are you exposing yourself to that would cause you to have that way of thinking? Number four, mindsets are developed by the boundaries of your thought life. Is there limits on how you think? Have you set boundaries on how you think? See, because if you, if, if, if you have a mindset outside of the word of God, then your boundaries are limited. But when you get over into the kingdom of God and develop your mindset with his word, there is no boundaries in his word for our lives. Amen. Number five, mindsets are developed through the teaching of parents and others that you look up to. I'm going to say that again. Mindsets are developed through the teaching of parents and others that you look up to. How many young people mindset has been developed by rap, by rap stars. Because they've been influenced and they begin to think like them. When they start thinking like them, they want to act like them. They want to live like them. They want to talk like them. Instead of being themselves. I say mindsets are developed through the teaching of parents and others that you look up to. I'm going to be bold enough to take another step. It's important. It's important to what church you're attending and what teaching you're sitting under. It's very important. It's very important. I, I, I read an article this morning. Is this, this particular religious group? I'm not going to call no name. But this particular group, the speaker, they, had, they was having a conference, and the speaker got up. And uh, he was reading the word. In the words that he read from the Bible, he said, I know what the words say. He said, but that ain't going to work. He said, that ain't going to work. He said, we got to do something different. And that's why I said we have to be careful who, who teaching we listen to. We have to be careful who we sitting under. Because whoever you're sitting under, you will develop a mindset from that teaching. Amen. Number six, mindsets develop strongholds in a person's way of thinking. 
Number seven, mindsets are developed by people of influence you surround yourself with. Who are you surrounding yourself with? That's why we have to examine ourselves. And also, we shouldn't think of ourselves more highly than we ought. You know, a person that thinks they know everything knows very little and need to learn a lot. And I'm going to say that again. A person that thinks they know everything knows very little and need to learn a lot. So right quickly, how, how do we redirect our mindset? Let's look at, I'm going to read first Peter, I mean Second Peter, chapter 1, verse 2 through 6 in Amplified. He said, grace and peace, that special sense of spiritual well-being, be multiplied to you in the true, intimate knowledge, knowledge, knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. For his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness. Through true and personal knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these, he has bestowed on us his precious and, and magnificent promises of inexpressible value, so that by them you may escape from the immoral freedom that is in the world because of disruptible desire. Desires come from thoughts and become sharers of the divine nature. For this very reason, applying your diligence to the divine promises, make every effort in exercising your faith to develop moral excellence. And in moral excellence, knowledge. That's three times he talked about knowledge. Insight, understanding. And in your knowledge, that's the fourth time, self-control. And in your self-control, steadfastness. And in steadfastness, godliness. So how do those things come about in our life? Through the knowledge of God's word. Amen. How do we redirect our mindset? Number one, renewing the mind with the word of God. Ephesians 4, 21 through 22, 23 and 24 in the King James Bible. It says, if so be that you have heard, so be that you have heard, so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him. As the truth in Jesus that you put off concerning the former conversation of the old, the former conversation, the old man, 
which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Where does lust come from? Lust begins with thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. Amen. It begins with thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Number two, change your culture from the world to the culture of God's kingdom. Amen. Number three, expand the boundaries of your mindset of our faith in God's word. Number four, evaluate the influences around you. Number five, evaluate your environment. Number six, evaluate the company you surround yourself with. So if the company that you keep, you'll eventually become like them. Number seven, observe to do the will of God. Amen. I'm convinced. That the battle is not in the flesh, but is in the mind. And the battle is won by renewing our minds and changing the way we think. Amen. Amen. I'm closing uh, with this. Mindsets are gateways and doorways to your spirit. Your mindset permits the Holy Ghost to operate in our minds and hearts, and it permits the devil to operate in people's lives. When we open the gates and doors to either the Holy Spirit or we opening it to the devil. Amen. Listen, listen carefully. The quality of your mindset will be the quality of your life. I'm going to say that again. The quality of your mindset will be the quality of your life. It'll be how you live. It develops your lifestyle. Amen. A stronghold is a sustained pattern of thinking based on lies that influence your thought life. Amen. When, when mindsets are fortified by the presence of demons, they become strongholds. Then their thinking becomes compelled to think a certain way. Amen. And this last thing I'm going to say, the supernatural is not about falling down and running over. The supernatural is ministered by the word of God, the spirit of God, 
and his supernatural grace that will create supernatural possibilities in our lives. Amen. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you that we fellowship tonight and we thank you that we've heard your word and we thank you that we have gained knowledge from this time of fellowship in the name of Jesus. And we thank God for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, we thank you that you will take that word that we heard tonight from God's word and begin to seed it in our minds and in our hearts that we open the doorway to you and not to the devil. That we open the gates unto you and not to the devil. In the name of Jesus. So I thank you for every hearer tonight. And I thank you, Heavenly Father, that we are doers of the word and not hearers only. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for you are worthy to be praised. I say he's worthy to be praised. I give God the glory, I give him the honor, and I give him the praise. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. And I, I want to leave us with this. Knowledge, revelation, understanding, wisdom, and being a doer of the word will always live in victory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen.